When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome to the Barreled Up Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Riley. You can find this pod wherever you get your podcasts, including the Odyssey app. Be sure to turn on the automatic downloads so you get all of the content as soon as it is posted. Make sure to subscribe, rate, review, and settle in because we have a good one today. I am joined by Jason from 161 River Ave on YouTube, a, a great source for... Yankees insight. You, you, Jason is is following the Yankees twenty four seven. It's what his YouTube channel is all about. So we're going to get into Yankees talk. We have a couple of as of recording some breaking news stories. We're going to start off with, but first, Jason, how are you doing on this uh, on this evening? I'm doing pretty well, man. I appreciate you having me, and uh, you know, I always look forward to talking about other teams and players as well. So it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Talk about other stuff. That's why I like, you know, come on here with you. We break our stuff yeah. every month as well. So this yeah. is gonna be a lot of fun. And I'm very much looking forward to doing this. I, I'm looking forward to it as well. This should be fun. We yeah. are at a very fun time of year. Let's start with the big news, Otani. We have about an hour before we started recording our podcast, Tom Verducci reporting, Tom Verducci of SI, that Shohei Otani is yeah. off the trade market. The Angels plan to make a playoff push. Now, when I first saw this, I felt like, well, didn't how, how many times are they going to say in how many different ways that they're not going to trade Shohei Otani? Because we've been hearing yeah. the story. The only thing that changed is that we had heard that they were taking phone calls. Now I guess they're not taking phone calls anymore. And do we believe this anyway? Is this just... We're not getting the right offers from teams, so we're going to pull them off the market to try to get the offers up, and they are sort of playing this out, negotiating this out in the public spectrum. Your thoughts on Otani or the announcement that Otani is officially off the trade market? So we're hearing that they're going to go for a run, right? Now, that tells me they're going to have to add a piece or two regardless because Trout's not right. But this Mm -hmm. also feels like, Sonny Gray, uh, and not Sonny Gray, uh, Sonny um, from the movie Draft Day, Kevin Costner. Because right. I'm going to pull my guy off right. and eat my pancakes, right? So this could be a, an attempt by them to get a team to drastically overpay, even more than they're probably getting already. And we already know, I think, that any team that gets well, that would be getting Otani is going to have to pay a King's Ransom. Mm-hmm. I guess they want an even bigger King's Ransom. So 
it's a couple of ways to think about it. I mean, I'm glad they're going to go for a run, you know, mm -hmm. and, and try to go for it, but they're going to have to add some pieces regardless because it wasn't enough to begin with. So pitching, I think they're going to, you know, try to add, but at the same time, would I be surprised if a Dodgers or Texas Rangers come out with some ridiculous package and last minute they change their mind? No, I would not be. So mm -hmm. I'm looking at it from two different ways. Um, but it was, it, it caught me off guard when I, when I saw that he, he was yep. taking the market. I will believe that he's not being traded on August 1st at 6.10 p.m. Eastern. That is when I will believe that there will officially not be a Shohei Otani trade because I think anything can change. I think if the Yankees were calling, if we know that the Dodgers were not going to happen, but if the Yankees, if the Blue Jays, if the Cubs, if whoever was calling, they hear this, They'll probably let it sit and then maybe call back. We don't know what the Angels are going to have go down over the next week. They may they may get swept by the Toronto Blue Jays and, and change their tune. I mean, right now the Angels at this current moment are four games behind the final wild card spot. They're 52 and 49, seven and three over the last 10. So they turned things around a little bit because at the deadline they were below 500. So they've they've done. They've done what they need to do to convince themselves to go for it. I think that, I mean, everybody out here was saying that he was not going to be traded, but if he gets traded, that then you would hear the prediction. So I will, uh, I will again believe it on six ten p.m. Eastern on uh, August first that he's that. not getting traded after he has officially not been traded. I'm with you right there. <laughs> Let's get to a trade that did happen today, and that is with the Dodgers and the Guardians. Exchanging players, this may end up being the most comical trade that we see at the deadline, and I don't mean to, you know, make fun of any players here, but come on. Um, Ahmed Rosario and his bad defense and his underwhelming bat is heading to the Dodgers. For Noah Syndergaard and his underwhelming uh, stuff. So this feels like the Guardians replacing Shane Bieber with yeah. an arm. And the Dodgers. The Dodgers have a situation where they need. And they traded for Kike Hernandez. Uh, you need that outfield. That's where everyone was sort of targeting. You know, they they could go for Tommy Pham. They could do, like you know, the Kike Hernandez. If you bring in Ahmed Rosario, you can officially just you put Mookie Betts back in the outfield. You don't have to mess around with Mookie Betts at second base anymore. So I get that. I just don't. I hope that the Dodgers and the Guardians. I hope they don't expect much out of either. I mean, these are two names that everybody knows. But it's going to be fascinating to see what they actually get. Do you have any thoughts on on Rosario for Syndergaard? I, I'm wondering if the Guardians are putting themselves back on the infield market. Now, they extended him in his already, right? Guardians and yes, they're just put them back on. And because I I had initially thought Labor Torres might be a fit there because he has a better bat. Mm -hmm. uh, John India, some more fascinating. Mm -hmm. He's got four controllable years. Yeah, Could they go after those guys now, possibly. Right. I don't. I mean, you know, I don't know. And I think you're right too. This is a we need to pad the starting rotation because we don't know what we're going to get with Bieber right now. So now that he's taken off the market, they need to do something. But I still think it right. might put them back on the infield market. So I, I could see them trading for a pretty decent infield over the next couple of days. 
I really could see that. Is who? there? I was gonna say, do you have do you have any any guesses as to who? I, I Jonathan India pops up in my head. I had projected him a while back to the to the mm-hmm. Guardians. Um, mm-hmm. I could see him going to Seattle. I could see him go to the. I, I initially thought he might go to the Blue Jays as well. That right. would be an exciting addition there too. So, but he, I can see being moved to the Guardians now. Do they have enough to get him? I don't know. That's the other question, right? No, you know what your Jonathan India trade is 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 dead on because Cleveland wants pitching back, right? Yeah. And Cleveland has pitching now. Tristan McKenzie's hurt, so it's not going to be McKenzie. And Bieber's hurt, so it's not going to be Bieber. Not that they can't be traded. It's just you're not going to trade Jonathan India for either of those two pitchers right now. And the young guys that they've had come up, while they have a high ceiling, I don't know if you'd want to do that right now, but maybe you would do a Jonathan India for Allen and a prospect. I don't even know if Cleveland would do that, but India being – Added to the market by the Reds this week is sort of an interesting move. And you, you you bring up a good thought there that they could maybe go with India and Cleveland could and send Cincinnati some pitching because Cincinnati wants pitching and this would this would get the job that would get the job done. That's good. That's a good fit. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, as those as we get closer to the deadline, and we'll see if India actually gets traded. Reds have a lot in the infield in the way of prospects that have made their debut and are still on the way, which is one of the reasons why Jonathan India is, is expendable right now. He's going to be the first player to really make some serious money on that team. And if you feel good with McLean and Ellie De La Cruz in the middle infield for the next five years and you don't have to pay them any big dough and you get Jonathan India. You can turn him into pitching. I can see Cincinnati's thinking there. Um, let's let's get to the Yankees again. We bring you in. We want to we want to talk Yankees with you because you are on this Yankee bandwagon. You are following the team every single day. You are eating it, breathing it, sleeping it. What's going on with the Yankees this year? Is it as simple as Aaron Judge? isn't there and because of that this is what's going on or is there something else going on explain to me what's wrong with the yankees well i think the iron judge is a piece of the puzzle right the injury but it's not the whole puzzle okay let's just be straight about that now like there's been everything from lack of uh length from starting pitching with the exception of garrett cole on a consistent basis which to me has put more stress on the bullpen which is now taxed their number one in major league baseball bullpen is now taxed so that's going to come back to bite them, in my, in my opinion. So if I'm them, I'm targeting bullpen. I'm targeting relievers at the deadline. So because we need to add some depth. And, I, and it, with a caveat, you know, if they're going to get guys, I don't want them to get guys who've already matched last year's inning totals in July. I want them with some room to not deteriorate towards the rest of the season. So it's got to be a very strategic add if the, if, if, the, if the Yankees are going to do that. So that's the combination. And then you have – Veterans like DJ LeMahieu, Giancarlo Stanton, Anthony Rizzo, who have been playing su- supremely subpar baseball, which has also affected the Yankees' offensive machine. You also have, um, you know, Anthony Volpe here with some growing pains, who's developing along along lines, and a lot. I think more pressure has been put on him because these other guys haven't been performing. So, and when those guys are playing well, the offense tends to play well. When you have Judge in there, the offense tends to play well. And a healthy Yankee team is generally a dangerous Yankee team. So. I think it's a, uh, basically a tripod of issues with Judge being injured missing months, right? 
You had Carlos Rodon miss the first three months of the season, which affected the rotation. And then you've got Nestor Cortez out for probably almost two months. He can't come back until August 6th. So that combination of things is – and with, with a, a miss um, – or just an unbalanced roster mm-hmm. put together by Brian Cashman the last couple of years has contributed to these problems as well. I, I, I can't sit here and say it's a Boone thing because Boone's not on the field with these guys either. You know, Boone, does, make, does he make some bonehead decisions? Yes, but all managers do. So I can't just sit here and say fire boom. That to me is unfair. So I need does, to have an issue. Does, does Cashman need to go? He built this roster. He did these. I mean, now, now at the time, there were a ton of teams in on DJ LeMahieu, right? Let's go get yeah. DJ LeMahieu. The Harrison Bader trade looks good. Yeah. Um, you, 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 you've seen some good moves. You've seen some poor moves. The Josh Donaldson thing was terrible. Yeah. Is this... Is is it time to move on from Brian Cashman? It could be. I mean, the only person I would even consider, and I would know, I have no idea whether he'd be ever ever be interested, would be Theo Epstein. So I can't really think of another manager, a GM, who can come in here and do what Cashman does and what Hal needs him to do. And they're two different things, right? Right. Cashman's been great. And again, you know, and a lot of folks on my channel, they're always telling me he's dumpster diving and whatnot. But we got to keep in mind, he lost out on Soto. He made an offer. He made a big offer to Otani. They were rejected. He also got Ben Attendi. He got he got a lot of folks mm-hmm. that either got hurt or just didn't pan out. So, you know, a, a good stretch of bad luck with some poor uh, decisions or poor trades and a very angry Yankee fan base <laughs> makes it feel, I think, in my opinion, worse than it actually is. So... But I don't think all these injuries are helping. I don't mm-hmm. think you know the trades that he's made over the last two or three years are really helping. Yeah. So if they're going to keep him, we need a shifting uh, priorities here, in my in, in my opinion. And again, I would I would you know try to upgrade the analytics, try to upgrade it in a couple different areas. I would I would look at the trainers and try to upgrade in a lot mm-hmm. of areas because I don't understand why the Yankees get hurt more than any team in baseball, and it's not even close. Right. So, so mm-hmm. that. Has to be- that's got to be factored in. It has to be. Yeah. So, so, I mean, I don't think, I mean, Cashman's got a track record of his own. 25 mm-hmm. years here. He's also made Hal and Levine and the rest of the family supremely wealthy. So, with his business moves too. Um, but at the same time, I'm open to a credible option for replacement. But right. it's got to be credible. It can't just be some guy. Right. From GM. You have to, it has to be a proven uh, a proven talent, and I would also think that it's going to be a process where yes, you you'll probably you'll probably also get a lot of interest. You'll you'll I would think that you would have some some serious interest from some serious players a- at recording. It's July twenty sixth. It is a fifty three and forty eight team. Now they're ahead of the Mets right now, so they're looking at a fifty four fifty eight team, but. We're talking about a team that could be six games over 500 at the end of the night. And it's July 26th. Yeah. That's unacceptable, right? And it's and it's also a testament. To, and not only is it unacceptable, but it's a testament to how strong the AL East is. I yes. can't remember the last time we've had a last place team in any division that was over 500. Right. So they could possibly, we talked about this in the beginning of the season too. They could possibly have every team over 500. And what that means is, you can go to almost every other division and be in first or second place. So it is a testament to how strong this damn division is. At so, this at this point, I think that's how this is going to finish. 
I agree. Everybody, all, all of all five teams are going to be over 500. Let's let's sort of with that pivot towards you know the American League East. You've got the Orioles eclipsing the Rays, taking over first place. They're a game and a half up right now. Your expectations for this division, Boston's going to be buying at the deadline. You've got Toronto, inconsistent but dangerous. We saw that against the Dodgers. You know, they took two out of three from L.A. It should have been a sweep. It wasn't a sweep because they blew it late on, we'll call it Wednesday morning. So you've got a Tampa team, a Baltimore team that you can stamp their tickets to the postseason how many teams are getting into the playoffs for the american league east are all of the wild card teams coming out of the al east it's a good question i think it's going to be two at least two mm-hmm. coming out of the al east they could be more but i still i mean i you know the west still can probably put right. something in there um, obviously I think that whoever wins the division in the, in the central will go obviously, but I don't know if a wild card team is going to come out of the central. I think another wild card team will probably come out of the West. If not, if they're not all coming out of the East. So, right. but you know, talking about these teams, like, you know, buyers. Yes. I mean, the, the, the Rays got off to an incredible start. They've kind of come down to earth a little bit and the Orioles are heading in the opposite direction. So they're kind of crisscrossing each other. And I don't think the Orioles are going to be slowing down anytime soon with that roster that they mm-hmm. got. Um, I do think both teams need to add another starting pitcher. They want to go yeah. deep into the playoffs. Um, I know the or I mean, I had predicted C Dylan Cease to the Orioles. So, but the White Sox have already rejected six trade proposals for Dylan Cease in the last week. So doesn't surprise me. Yeah, they, yeah. You, you they need to keep Cease because they need to build a rotation around him. Yeah, and, and if there's any team I think that can possibly get him, it's the Orioles because of the farm that they have. It's a sure. top-rated farm now, so if they're going to overwhelm somebody, that's the team to do it. Um, I heard Lance Lynn and the White Sox were in discussions for it with Tampa, so mm-hmm. he, he could go there. Um, but I mean, Tampa's been ravaged by Tommy John. Two or three of their stars have already gone down with Tommy John, yep. and they're still holding yep. it together. So um, with those two, I could still see them going back and forth. One of those teams is going to be a wild card, and the other one's going to be a division winner, in my opinion. Blue Jays, I think, again, I, they might be a piece away. And again, if they get Manoa back with, you know, Berrios and 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 the, the, the top three in the rotation, they're going to be in much better shape if Berrios can put it together. I mean, if uh, Manoa can put it together. So and they've got Kikuchi, they've got Rios, so they've got the depth there. But I think Manoa could be a good equalizer to help propel them forward. Um, and I know they've got a little a little bit of inconsistency with some of their like Kiermaier and, and um, uh, Varsho, but I'm confident in their ability to kind of put it together too offensively. They've got a bunch of firepower there offensively the the red Sox. um if there's any team i could see in last place that are not the yankees are probably the red Sox. but i could also i could also see them buying the question is right are they going to willing they're going to be willing to part with the piece that they need cassis and some of these other folks to buy what they need mm-hmm. i don't know you know i don't know and i just like i don't know what the yankees now we're hearing now that judge is going to be activated on friday against baltimore and we already know he's not 100 percent so his return looks like it's it's dictating whether the Yankees are going to be buyers or sellers. So they're mm-hmm. still in limbo, in my opinion. If I'm them, whether Judge comes back or not this year, they need two bats regardless. Regardless. Right. Decent comp- contact bats, one at the top, one at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So to put the we need more guys to put the ball in play. You know, whether it be left field or third base or whatever it might be. Yeah. 
I think the Yankees would be wise to pursue or consider multiplayer deals. Like the Rockies, they could probably get two players. The White Sox, maybe two players. A right. couple teams, they could get two players in it, kill two birds with one stone in the trade. So if I'm yeah. them, I, I'm I'm thinking that the Yankees. Um, the um the the thought about the the how this how this division is going to play out the rest of the way. One thing you didn't bring up that is going to be big is the return of Hyunjin Ryu. Yes. He's back, and he I saw him in Buffalo a couple weeks ago, and he looked good. And it was the it was the Tigers, the Toledo Mudhens, the Tigers AAA team, but that, that team is full of their top 10 talent. I want to say half of that lineup in Toledo are Detroit Tigers top 10 mm. talent. So Ryu was going up against Colt Keith and and others, and he looked good. He made one mistake. He was able to, I mean, that curveball looked nasty. Un, it looked unhittable. It was unhittable. So you bring him back, and Kikuchi and Manoa then are your five and six. And if that's the situation you're in, here's where we're, I think this is what we're looking at: Baltimore and Tampa. Stamp it. The Toronto Blue Jays. I would give them the the odds to get there. I mean, they just took two as inconsistent as they can be. They just took two out of three in L.A. And L.A. was hot. Mm-hmm. L.A. was rolling. Robbie Hyde put L.A. number two in his power rankings, and L.A. ended up number three in my power rankings. So that's where the Dodgers were, and the Blue Jays just took two out of three. And then you look at Boston and New York. and they are right now on the outside looking in behind Houston or Texas. So Boston and New York need to go and find a new gear. And again, maybe that's through trade because otherwise they'll be on the outside looking in. And that, that final wild card spot could go to a AL West team. Let's talk about the trades. Let's get to that. And let's, let's focus specifically on the Yankees because I honestly think being in the position the Yankees are in right now, that could favor Yankee fans in getting what they want, right? I think I think Yankee fans want Cody Bellinger. They want one of the top five starters that could be had at this market. When you're at 53 and 48, last place in the division, looking outside at the wild card spot, Cashman's got to feel some discomfort with that and that's what you want at the trade deadline you want to feel like we have some serious holes we need to fill i don't feel comfortable with where we're at we have to improve if you guys were where the blue jays are at 57 and 46 they may say we got judge coming back everything's good rodon will get into shape everything's going to be fine but i don't think you can be i don't think cashman can sit there like that right now so with that sort of motivation behind Cashman and that front office and that ownership, what do you expect the Yankees to do at the trade deadline? Are they going to get the deals done that make sense, or is Cashman going to come up short? Um, What I would like for them to do is pounce on this Pittsburgh Pirates news. They just put Bed- David Bednar mm-hmm. and Mitch Keller on the market. There, yeah. goes, there goes your closer that we need, and there goes another starter we could plug in number three add depth to the rotation. Okay. I'll be all over that if I were them. 
Um, I don't know who they, who they will be. I, I have a feeling they're going to wind up with Lucas Giolito. And maybe if they get a Cody Bellinger, which is probably likely, maybe they can add somebody like Mark Leiter, who's a reliever there, with another control leader. They can add to the bullpen. Cashman does a good job of adding uh, relievers with control leaders. I'll give him that. So, and he's done that quite often. But, you know, if I'm them, I would be all over that Pirates move. I think it's the best move mm-hmm. for them right now. Mm-hmm. And then they can go get Bellinger if they want to get Bellinger. But yeah. if you can get Bednar and Mitch Keller, it's going to cost a bunch. But they're both under control until 2026. That's exactly what we need right now. Consistency in the, ro- yeah. in the bullpen and the rotation, right? Right. Um, left field-wise, you know what I love about a guy like Brandon Donovan or something like that from the Cardinals? Sure, but he's going to cost the haul. What I right. love Soto. Soto to me is is the is the the star get right, and then you take it to the more realistic approach, which is probably the Cody Bellinger. And if you want to go on the cheap, which we don't know what they're going to do, then you get a Randall Gritchuk there from the Rock from the Rockies, who kills lefties. Mm-hmm. He would be the best Yankee outfielder against lefties as soon as he walked through the door. So, and that I could see, I could see all three scenarios. The least likely of which being Soto. But if you're going to go for Soto. Mm-hmm. Then you have to go for Snell. You got to. You have to go for the whole Gusto, not just the Gus. You got to go for the toe also, Gusto. Right. If you do that, so, and would I be shocked if he did it? No, I'd be surprised mm-hmm. he's not shocked. But yeah. to me, the most intelligent move for them right now will be making calling the Pirates GM, okay, and then trying to make a trade with either the White Sox and the Rockies. You know, they said mm-hmm. they want to upgrade a catcher. Maybe you can do Gritchuk mm-hmm. and Eli Diaz. That's a gettable. That's a doable package trade. You can upgrade a catcher, which they've said they wanted to do. Instead of paying $20 million a year for Salvador Perez for the next four years, um, that to me is a more intelligent move. And again, you can make two pretty good trades. Yeah. You can trade with the Rockies and trade with the Pirates and get what you need. So I'm going to, here's what I'm going to, I'm going to, you, you, you've given a lot of what they could do, what they should do, a lot of scenarios. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, Hold your feet to the fire here. Let's go. Give me, give me a player, and I'll do the same thing. I, I you give me a player that, and and I'll give you a player. Give me a player that the Yankees will unequivocally will get at the deadline. Cody Bellinger. Okay. I'm with you. I have the same. I, I give you the same name. I think. I think Cody Cody Bellinger has to happen. Yeah. It, it, it's the it's the one that has to happen. He has to make it happen. I also like. Now I heard that you guys wanted to upgrade a catcher, and yeah. then I heard that, that. Then I also heard that that maybe maybe got pulled back. I don't know. Yasmani Grandal could probably be had for nothing, and Yasmani Grandal is a on base guy. He'll strike out, but he also can get on base. He can play first base if you need. Um, I think that Yasmani Grandal is somebody that could be an under the radar, maybe an afterthought situation. But you lost Trevino, right? Trevino is out. So I know you've got other options with IKF and Rorvit, but I don't know. Yasmani Grandel kind of seems interesting as a potential Yankees pick. Is he a switch hitter? Yes. He's a switch hitter, right? So, I mean, again, that's adding variety to. Yeah. Because honestly, in my opinion, I think Trevino and Higashoka are both backups. Right. We just don't have. Yes. Starter. That's why, you know. If you can, I mean, if you could package a ground, if you could add it to a Giolito, so I, I could, I could see that happening. I think they're going to wind up with Giolito and Cody Bellinger. So, what else? That would be big. That's that's what that's what Cashman needs to be thinking. At least, um, 
At, yes, at least. I think you need to add. Everybody needs to add bullpen. They need to add bullpen. We'll we'll see what they get. Let's let's take this thought to the American League East and what we think the rest of the AL East is going to do. Baltimore is out saying that they are going to have a measured approach, and we already maybe saw a, a taste of that with the Fujinami trade last week, sort of an under-the-radar addition. Didn't have to give anything up, and he's a long shot to 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 stick and, and really hit with the team. Not hit, but you know, succeed with the team. Do you think Baltimore is just playing misdirection games? Or do you think they could actually do something this trade deadline? Because pitching is has to be project number one. They don't have an ace. They have guys that can step up, but they don't have an ace. Do you see Baltimore going out and getting getting anything done? I could see him getting Marcus Stroman. It'd be huge. Yeah, I mean, if they can't get Cease, you get Stroman. That they mm-hmm. need a pitcher at that caliber right now mm-hmm. to stay where they're at. Yeah, and not fall backwards. So, um, I initially projected Stroman to the Indians, but now they've gotten <laughs> Thor. Yeah, I mean, Guardians. Excuse me. Right, uh, I can't see that happening. So I could see Stroman to the Orioles because I do think they'll make a a, a, a really bold trade. And I could see that a, happening. A, a player that's familiar with the AL East should be yeah. should be the target. Strowman yeah. or Montgomery. Montgomery yeah. would be perfect. It, especially you have a series between the Yankees and the Orioles. Late, you got a pennant race going on. And Montgomery has an opportunity to stick it to his old team. I think he would love to do that. Oh man, yes. I think he would, I think he would love to do that. What about Tampa? Tampa needs starting pitching. They've been linked to Lance Lynn. I it felt like Bob Nightingale was getting ready to, to to give us the trade earlier today because a lot of times you'll see Heyman or Nightingale or Rosenthal will will tweet out that a team is in heavy negotiations with this other team for this player. They'll tweet that five minutes before the actual tweet that the deal's been done, that we didn't get the second half of that playbook run. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know if a Lance Lynn trade fell apart because other teams stepped up or what, but do you see Tampa being aggressive? They cannot trade away significant prospects for short-term assets right now. Cause it just doesn't fit. They're not, they don't win that way. Exactly. I think Tampa's going to go heavy on bullpen. Maybe they can, they can pull off a Lance Lynn deal because Lance Lynn doesn't cost them much. Mm-hmm. But I think that they go heavy bullpen because as it is right now, you have a series with McClanahan, Glass, now Eflin, and Bradley. There's your four. And if you need a bullpen day, what better way to do that than to have traded for two more bullpen pieces at the deadline? Yep. Do you see Tampa? Do you see Tampa actually landing a starter? Either Lance Lynn or sticking it to the Yankees and getting Jordan Montgomery. It might cost them a lot. I think Montgomery's going to cost them. I think the Cardinals are going to hold the fact that they can qualify, give the qualifying offer uh, to Montgomery. I think they're going to hold that over everybody. And because of that, they're going to ask for like top level prospects back. And Tampa will probably offer Vidal Brujan, which could be electrifying for, Mm -hmm. for, for, for the right team. But I don't think that that's going to get it done for Montgomery. It might get it done for Lance Lynn, but I don't think that get it done for Montgomery. Well, that's true because generally, if you're going to trade 
uh, for a player that we get a qualifying offer. The trade has to, at, at the very least, match the value of a qualifying offer. What they right. So, um, I, mean, I could see it happening. Um, Lance Lynn's probably the most likely to the raise. I still see them adding a pitcher one way or the other. Right. Probably Lance Lynn. He can give them some innings. Yeah. Um, he's a little bit, a little in the price setting. He's about 19 million on his contract. So, um, but I could still see them doing that. And again, like you said, too, he would cost less than Montgomery would. Yeah. And they wouldn't have to fork up top, top, top talent. So, yeah. Um, I could land Slander for the race. And what do you think? What do you think, Toronto, with everything we're hearing? There's, there's this talk about pitching. I don't know how they can trade for a starter. Under the current situation, again, when Ryu comes back, they'll have six. If they trade for another starter, they'll have seven. You can't move Kikuchi and Manoa to the bullpen. So I don't think they do starting pitching. They Hennessy's Cabrera is already done. They got that deal yep. uh, in, in the books. There may be more bullpen pieces. I think they go heavy on the bullpen. And if there is a savvy low cost depth move to be had let's say jerks and profars value does not really materialize it and you can get him for your 35th prospect then i think toronto may go for somebody like a jerks and profar but i i honestly think toronto blue jay fans may be disappointed with how this deadline goes because i don't think they get a headline name what do you think well, I was going to say pro far too, because it would add some versatility to that offense. Yeah. But I also see them getting somebody like a Joe Kelly for the bullpen um, sure. rather than a Liam Hendricks. I think a Joe Kelly is playoff tested, familiar mm-hmm. with the AL East. You know, these guys have the same type of qualities that, that Montgomery had or some of these other folks had. So I think he would add some bulldog to that yeah. bullpen too. So I, I could see a Joe Kelly heading over up north there um, and, and, and a pro far. Those yeah. two would be under the radar, but probably pretty damn good moves. Yeah. Just, Last one, Boston. What do you think they do? I think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna do much. I th- honestly, I, I don't mm-hmm. think they're gonna trace Cassis and some of these other folks. They yeah. might have a back end of the rotation guy, maybe a reliever too. Could I see them getting a Jordan Hicks? Maybe. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, from from St. Louis, I could see that. Sure. And I could see a. I don't know. I, I can't see a Blake Snell or somebody like that coming back over here. No. Nope. Maybe a you know a back end of the rotation type of guy, but a Jordan Hicks. I think they're going to be unwilling to trade the piece that they need to trade so that they would need to right. trade the And they've got pieces coming back, coming yeah. off the IL at the right time. Trevor Story coming back. It looks like yeah. Chris Sale is working his way back. So you're going to have guys coming back. They may be able to convince themselves that they don't need to make a major move sure. because of these other pieces that are coming back. Well, n- no matter what happens, uh, we know it's going to be interesting. And right. this is this division with everybody above 500, is the most competitive division in baseball. I know the NL West wants to make a claim with the Dodgers, Giants, the D-backs, and the Padres, but you have Colorado stinking up the joint. I know the NL East wants to make a claim, but you've got the Mets and the Nats stinking up the joint. It is the American League East. It is the toughest division in baseball right now. All five teams are going to finish above 500. Jason, tell tell our listeners everywhere that they can find you. 161 River Ave is my YouTube channel. Bronx Bomber 447 is my Twitter. Those are generally the, the places where I reside. Anything I take out on YouTube, I post on Twitter. So if you're interested in following me, if you happen to be a Yankee fan, I appreciate your support. And I also am very excited to do collabs with uh, Jim here too because we not only do we click well, but we're AL East guys. Yes. Okay? And you know, I think the flow of the, of the conversation, which is why, I mean, I'm very selective. That's why I go on 
on screen with. So you're one of the few that I really, really enjoy doing it. So I appreciate you coming on. But those are the two places to find me. If you want to talk Yankees, you're welcome to join the chats as well. And I'm um, looking forward to having Jim over. So for those that want to yes. ask Jim on my channel, we're going to go to the post game show after this. Yes. And, uh, you're welcome to join us. And have some yes. Fun. We'll the, the, the conversation will continue in essence. If you go after listening to the podcast and you go find uh, the, 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 the YouTube channel, one, six, one river, we are going to continue talking over there in just a little bit. So Jason, I do. I, I appreciate having you I, again. I, I thought of you as a, a must have because we have a good rapport and it's always fun to sort of chop it up because there's a little bit, you know, the rivalry between the Jays and Yanks and, um, and, and you always have uh, good, good thought out, uh, you know, uh, takes and 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 uh, and all of that. So I do, I do appreciate it. Appreciate your insights too, man. I appreciate you having me. Everybody, you can find this pod wherever you get your podcast, including the Odyssey app. Turn on those auto downloads so you get the content as soon as it is posted to the show feed. That's going to do it for this one. We have more great content coming, so make sure to stay close to the podcast for more interviews like this and some of the YouTube content that we bring over to. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks, guys.